Welcome to Is It My Time? This is for the person asking, is it too late to make a difference? Too late to make a change? Up to this point, a major part of your identity has been as John's wife, or Sarah's mom, or even that go-to person at work, the one you can get a job or a task to and they'll get it done, in the job description or not. But something's happened and there is now some time or space in your daily life. Time that allows you to hear that voice you've kept quiet, staying busy with everyone and everything else. The voice is asking, is this all there is? Is it too late to do something else? Be something else? Is there more to me or this life? We will answer those questions and more, but first we have to build a firm foundation. That is necessary to support anything you wish to build or establish. The most solid foundation out there is one built on truth, God's truth. He created you, He gifted you, and He has plans for you. Absorbing God's word and love for you will help establish that solid foundation. Grounding yourself in your identity in Christ will make you formidable and capable of achieving anything. Hello again. I'd like to continue this week uh, with perfectionism. Last week we defined perfectionism as the drive to appear, feel, and be perfect. We also discussed a few signs. The all or nothing thinking, being highly critical, unrealistic standards, feeling pushed by fear, and focused only on the results. And I'd like to discuss a few more. Feeling depressed by unmet goals. You can't let it go when the goals aren't met. You're struggling to move on, also known as a pity party. Fear of failure. This was perfectly expressed by Dr. Scott. Because a perfectionist places so much stock in results and becomes disappointed by anything less than perfection, failure becomes a scary prospect. And since anything less than perfection is seen as a failure, it makes it difficult to start anything new. Then we also have procrastination. One of you sounded out in the community about that one. For those perfectionists unable to adjust to their situation or environment, they're considered to be exhibiting maladaptive perfectionism and are basically prone to procrastination. As we discussed previously, if I'm not sure I can do it perfectly, I'm going to stew and worry over it, eventually becoming immobilized and fail to do anything at all. It just cements the cycle of paralysis. Fail to do anything equals greater feelings of failure equals failure to do anything and you get the picture. Defensiveness. We as perfectionists cannot handle constructive criticism because any criticism is bad and highlighting a less than perfect performance. We can't take any suggestions or information to possibly improve our future performance when we're threatened by any type of criticism. And all this leads to a low self-esteem. Being highly critical of ourselves does not help us see anything about ourselves in a positive light. Dr. Scott also stated that perfectionists can be lonely or isolated due to their critical nature and rigidity and pushing others away. This can lead to even lower self-esteem, ultimately having a serious impact on the person's self-image and overall life satisfaction while also impacting their relationships. Whew. Can I say, now you see why I wanted to lay that burden down? Such a conflicting behavior to have when coupled with people pleasing. I mean, as a people pleaser, you're trying to please everyone so you can manage their opinions of you 
but at the same time you're also pushing them away or keeping them at a distance so they can't see your failures. How exhausting. Let's again look at some scripture to help our identity and self-esteem. And another good reason to go to the scripture is Jesus doesn't require our perfection. He is the only one that's completely without sin and his acceptance of us can help us accept ourselves and others with all our flaws. And so I have found seven verses that could lay down the idol of perfectionism and embrace our weakness. I'll be taking all these verses out of the NIV version. Uh, the first one is from Romans chapter 5 verses 7 and 8. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now before we get too much further, let's back up and talk about what I said, the idol of perfectionism. An idol doesn't have to be a graven image. It doesn't have to be a photo, something you look at. An idol is anything that is between you and God, anything that affects your relationship or you place higher than your relationship with God. In this case, perfectionism. Um, you are holding yourself to a standard that even God is not holding you to. If your creator God doesn't hold you to perfection or perfection and you are doing it yourself, you're basically placing yourself above God and that's not a position that you want to be in. And when you first look at this scripture, you're saying, what is this talking about? It's not talking about failing in anything and failing is not a sin. And no, failure isn't a sin, but it is talking about uh, perfectionism because someone who is trying to be perfect is trying to be without sin, without mistakes, do everything perfectly. And this verse is very clearly stating that God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Any perfectionist will tell you, I would have told you, that I'm not trying to be perfect, but in our heart of hearts, we really are. And we're trying to earn uh, love and affection uh, through that perfectionism. And this here uh, clearly states and clearly shows us that that is not necessary. We're loved by our Creator without that requirement. Our next scripture is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Um, this is uh, written by Paul, and he said, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. There's a couple of things I'd like to highlight here. First, this is the section where Paul had been asking the Lord to take away the thorn in his side. He had asked him to take it away uh, three times. And this was the Lord's response, that his grace was sufficient and that his power was made perfect in weakness. The other thing that I would like to draw your attention to is being careful about interpreting the word perfect when you read it in scripture. It is not talking about Jesus's perfection or being perfect like Jesus. The majority of the time they're using the word perfect to mean complete or whole. 
if you're ever unsure of how they're using a word or if it seems to be conflicting what it is you're looking at, never be afraid to stop and go look for either another definition, a commentary, uh, an explanation as to how they might be using the word that is confusing you in the scripture that you're reading. Our next scripture is from the book of James, chapter 3, verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Well, it seems like he's saying that there are people that are able to do that, but he prefaced it by saying, we all stumble in many ways. And so by no means is he saying that there is someone out there able to keep themselves perfectly in check and always monitor what they say and be perfect. Um, he's just alerting us to the fact that that is not a possibility. Our next scripture is from Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Again, Jesus is not expecting perfection or by any means telling this gentleman to be perfect. This gentleman had asked him what did he need to do to earn his way into heaven, basically. And um, Jesus had given him several of the commandments and the individual had said, I've kept all those, so what is it I still lack? And that was his response. Um, this person was a rich person and Jesus knew that uh, his, his financial status was his idol and therefore would be what kept him from uh, putting Jesus first. Here's a good one in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That is very clear in black and white. Uh, we should not be striving to be people pleasers. Uh, we only need to uh, worry about trying to be pleasing to God. This next verse comes from 1 Thess Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. I'm always tongue-tied on that one. Uh, this verse goes, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. This is again uh, from Paul. He is talking about trying to uh, give the good news or give God's word out to the people and his brothers and sisters. And he's saying that they are not going to necessarily always be preaching a message that is pleasing to people. And they aren't trying to please the, the people. They're just trying to give them God's truth. So if by sticking with God's truth, it upsets those around them, that's something they have to live with because ultimately God's truth is the main priority. And finally, we end in Romans again. We started in Romans and now we'll end in Romans chapter 8 verse 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, we have talked about fear a lot of times with this uh, people-pleasing and perfectionism. I mean, fear of failure was a big one. Fear of failing to please those people that you were trying to earn their um, 
affection. And this verse is telling you, you weren't given a spirit of fear. And you also weren't or aren't needing to earn the affection or uh, relationship with people when you are adopted into sonship by Abba Father. And while I said we'd have seven verses regarding perfectionism, these deal with perfectionism, but it all leads me back to the original reason uh, that we want to lay these burdens down. And that comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so we come to the end saying, lay down your fears, lay down your burdens, lay down that people-pleasing and perfectionism, and stop trying to earn the affection and relationship with others. When you have a relationship with your Father who loves you unconditionally and wanted this relationship with you from the very beginning. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next time, we'll check in and see what progress we've made. I'll share a few of my favorite scriptures, and I'd love to share any you found helpful. You can share those in a review of this podcast or over in my podcast community on Facebook. I'll drop a link in the show notes. I'll read some of those reviews or posts and share about the scriptures you've written about. Until next time, happy reading.